are you doing? Hello. From deep cuts to future classics. On location and behind the scenes. Somewhere between reasonable and crazy. It was no more complicated than that. Let's skip intro and find out what to watch on Netflix. Coming up. People don't watch food shows to learn how to cook. They watch them to be entertained. I've got a good image of you in my head defending Greta Thunberg on Facebook while accepting your seventh delivery of beef of the day. <laughs> Given that endorsement, though, I would kind of want to watch it. I think it would make me feel a lot less stressed about life. That mouthful could bring about world peace. I don't believe we've met. What's your name? Oh, hello there. Lovely to see you again. It's been a while since we've seen you at the What to Watch on Netflix. Netflix diner, but don't worry, we've got your usual table reserved. Bon appetit. If you think you've heard the last of us serving an indigestion busting level of eating metaphors, you'd be a gooseberry fool, because we've souped up and forked out a gluttonous amount of penne on some of the tastiest guests around. So let us get cheesy for the food special. And you'd butter remember, it ain't over, lentil it's over. I'm really milking this now, ain't I? Food is one of the best deep dives on Netflix, full of inspiration from across the entire globe. Some of the best chefs, bakers and cooks in the world have created a range of shows that cover something for absolutely everyone. You want hawk cuisine from a painfully cool shack in Sweden? Sorted. Vegan advocacy? Game changed. Or if you just fancy a filthy rack of ribs, followed by a cake that may as well be made from type 2 diabetes, everything is being dressed on the pass for you. Ready, chef? You should sit down and eat with us. Let's take a look at today's human-shaped menu, shall we? For starters, can I interest you in a slice of journalist Chris Mandel? When he's not finding annoyingly accurate ways for us to spend money at The Strategist UK, he's either glued to the television or cooking up something delicious for some thirsty Instagram likes. Welcome, Chris. Hi. <laughs> and you are sans snacks. Yeah, I like very noisy snacks, so I just thought it would completely ruin the whole point of being on a podcast if I was making a lot of noise, so pre-snacked up and ready to go. Good call, good call. For our main course, we're stoking the coals for a grilling legend. DJ Barbecue, otherwise known as Christian Stevenson, was born in Washington, raised in Maryland, but is settled in London. He's been barbecuing since the age of six and on the banks of Loch Ness had the idea to join Meats and Beats and DJ Barbecue was born. Brought to the masses by Jamie Oliver, what this man doesn't know about charcoal isn't worth knowing. And his source from the planet, damn, is sent straight from the gods. Christian, chow down. Um, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> I thought he was someone's just, here my I thought he was door. like, do you know what? No, he said someone's, someone's at his front door. Sorry, it's National Barbecue Week. Hello, DJ Barbecue. I'm sorry, man. It's National Barbecue Week, so I just had some Wagyu beef burgers just dropped off my house because I got to write a recipe when this is over. Oh, life is life is hard, man. Yeah, just, just had some Wagyu, Wagyu beef just delivered to your door. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Honestly, you deserve more. I'm so I I apologize, but it's going to be happening all day. I can turn the disturb sign off my phone. I can't turn it off my front door because I do need <laughs> produce to cook all week. What's what else are we expecting today? Rack of lamb. Uh, I'm sending out a couple grills. Uh, I just got two spider crabs this morning. Uh, that was Wagyu beef burgers. And I should have a couple more deliveries of some pork shoulders and a big box of veg coming. Um, I've never been busier with all this, man. It's crazy. Everybody's cooking at home, man. It's awesome. What a life that is, honestly. That is, <laughs> we could just talk about that. 
but we won't. Uh, finally, we've saved room for one sweet, sweet dessert. His Netflix special repertoire is the stuff of legends. James Acaster is an award-winning stand-up comedian who's no stranger to podcasts. Off Menu, the weekly podcast he presents with Ed Gamble, allows guests to choose their dream menus, which makes it seem like we tailor-made this entire episode just to hoodwink him on as a guest. And to be honest, that's exactly what we did, James. Uh, we got you. Here you are. I, I fall for the easiest tricks in the book every single time. Here I am. Another trap I've fallen for. Gladly, though. Feels great. Welcome, guys, to What to Watch on Netflix. This is going to be... Buckle up, mate. This is going to be rip-roaring fun. I'd love to talk to you all, actually, about cooking in lockdown. Are you, are you cooking more than usual, James? Yeah. Like, I usually never really cook... Um, for years I've just been touring all the time I'm not really home and when I have tried to cook it's always gone pretty badly I've tried to cook on TV once and it turned into a meme and went very badly so like I try my best uh, to stay away from the kitchen normally I've been doing it loads more and loving it lately and I'm really enjoying just being a bit braver again and starting to cook more and it's been one of the massive pluses of this whole experience Chris, what about you? Have you got a, a lockdown special that you've mastered? Do you know, the thing about cooking in lockdown for me is just the first few tries to go to the supermarket was so traumatic that I just tried to put it off as long as possible. So every kind of pasta has been cooked. Everything from the freezer has been tinkered with in some form. But generally, like anything that, like any kind of pasta with things in it, uh, anchovies, some chili flakes, like loads of butter. That, that's my sort of like main thing. But also I find at the moment, cause I'm at home all the time, like my day revolves around planning what I'm going to eat. Like I think about it all the time. And DJ barbecue, a man who, how many barbecues have you had in, in this past week? Just a rough number. Uh, I've probably cooked out over live fire over the last week, about 20 times. Over the past seven days, yeah, I'm doing two to three a day on the on the on the grill. That is how much yeah. how much meat is in your house? You can't even open up the freezers anymore; like they are overflowing with meat. But I mean, uh, vegetables and fruit they love live fire as well. So I mean, I'm doing. I did a full grilled veg salad with um some marinated uh, rump steaks. I did a live cook along on the weekend. Then I hooked up with Pitbull's people and I cooked with his favorite star. I never thought I'd name check Pitbull. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. So I worked with, yeah, Mr. Worldwide. We, we raised money for the NHS. Um, and I did my version of a Cubano, like that same sandwich in the uh, movie Chef, you know, with Jean Favreau when the first um, recession happened and then they lost their bricks and mortars. He got the food truck with his son and went road tripping. But that's about to happen right now. So I did an ode to that sandwich and did a, a much better version of the Cubano. Just don't tell Cuba that. You know what? I feel like no one tells a food story like an American. That was that was all about making a sandwich, and I was <laughs> I was completely invested. Uh, now we're going to talk to you. Do you do you want to know what was, what was in the sandwich? I mean, you might as well. You've, you've you've taken us this far. Okay, I did a twenty hour slow and low pork shoulder. Uh, I did a honey roast ham, and then I used uh, mature English cheddar. You're supposed to use Swiss, and then I used Coleman's mustard instead of American yellow French mustard with mayonnaise, uh, and then just a ton of pickles, and then in this huge like ciabatta, um, loaf of bread, like that big. So, yeah, you'd have to unlock your jaw to get the sandwich in. James, beat that. What's the last thing you made, mate? 
I grilled some crumpets a minute ago. And because I, 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 I was in a rush to do this episode, I ate them dry without anything on oh, them. Oh, sacrilege. Crazy. Let me try that again. I got some crumpets. I put them under the grill. I took them off the grill. I put them on a plate. I bought them in the kitchen and I ate them. One by one. Was Pitbull there though, mate? No, Pitbull wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> no one was really here. It's me on my own eating them. <laughs> I haven't even eaten one of them. Uh, it doesn't look great, that one. Yeah, I, I've not done anything as good uh, as that, Joe. But I, I, yesterday I did some duck breasts and felt pretty proud of myself. Good for you, mate. Good for you. So, you know. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about um, TV, food TV, but I'd love to go back to sort of classic TV. What was, for you, Chris, the, the, the food TV show when you were a kid? Uh, the big thing for me was Ready, Steady, Cook. Like, we used to watch it after school before, like, our tea was ready. And, you know, I didn't know half the stuff they were cooking with. It was, yeah, I'd, we didn't have, like, aubergine when I was growing up or anything like that. But just the whole, like... The whole theatrics of it, of like, you know, dumping all the stuff on the table and you're like, oh, what? I don't even know what half this stuff is. And then Anthony Royal Thompson would like make it into something amazing. That was the one that I used to watch and I was obsessed with it, especially the music as well. So like tense and foreboding. So that, that was kind of my first sort of memory of watching food telly and being captivated by it for sure. ready steady cook the fact that an audience full of people would make a firm decision a firm vote having never tasted any of the food really. yeah. it's like it's like real politics uh, james <laughs> what was what was the daddy of tv for you when it comes to food the tv show that first got me into watching food shows was um the naked chef and i used to watch that and I found it so comforting the way that Jamie Oliver was on that show and just the way he talked about cooking food for people and how it brought people together i never heard anything like that before so I was like a teenager so I hadn't really heard food get talked about in that way on TV and the way it was filmed was meant to be just a very soothing and reassuring way the whole the, the way that it was presented to you so I used to be very addicted to that show just because it made me feel like the world is going to be okay and when I left school it wasn't going to be terrifying and there's nice people out there riding around on lambrettas and making sausages for people so I liked that show a lot I was addicted to it Snake is what I call my way of cooking. What I cook in the restaurant isn't what I cook at home. Cooking's got to be a laugh. It's got to be simple, it's got to be tasty, it's got to be fun. So, DJ Barbecue, you know what you like when it comes to barbecue. What, what are the key ingredients for you when it comes to food programming? Like, what do you think a good cooking show needs? Is it discovering recipes? Is it, is it something comforting? What do you look for in a good food show well i think james said it earlier watching the naked chef uh you know it just made you feel comfortable people don't watch food shows to learn how to cook they watch them to be entertained so i i just want fun i want to watch stuff and just entertain me you know i don't i don't read cookbooks to learn how to do recipes i i cook i i travel so i just want to see cooking and traveling james what makes a uh, good food tv for you i think it just has to I mean, because watching all the shows on Netflix that are about food, they're not, they haven't got one like thing in common that they all do. I just think they're all very clear about what it is they want to represent about food. And like, like DJ Barbecue was saying, it's all very entertaining. And like, that's the main thing they're trying to do is entertain you, but they're all doing it in different ways. So I can't really put my finger on I, what I want to see 
actually, is people, when they eat the food, really expressing and emoting and letting you know how good it is. My pet hate is when someone on a food show eats something that you know is incredible and they go, yeah, that's very nice. And you're like, are you shitting me? I'm sitting at home watching this. I want to experience how good this is. Why are you just making out like it's nothing? I know you're eating great food every day filming this show, but put a bit of effort into it and try and get across into my head how good that is. Communicate it. Sell it. Yes. Give me the drama. Speak. Yes. Speak. Thank you, DJ Barbecue. Well, no, if you, if you watch me eat, because, I mean, I like to eat after I've done a video and cook the food, I go, I go ape shit. I'm like, oh, my God, that mouthful could bring about world peace. You yes. know, you got to let people know that was the, one of the best things ever. That's a mouth party right there. That's what I want. I'm going to have every meal with you from now on. We'll do, Dude. It, do it over Zoom. I just want to see you eating. I don't care. I could be eating a dry crumpet, watching you eat something amazing at your house, and I'll experience how good it is. You're crazy with your, your dry crumpets, bro, man. I mean, I want to party with you, cowgirl. Oh, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> now, Chris, I want to talk to you about recipes when it comes to, to TV. As somebody who cooks from recipes, when, you, when you're watching food TV, are you looking for a recipe? Yeah, definitely. I, I want to be able to take something away from that and take it to the kitchen and actually learn something. I want it to be kind of the opposite of what DJ Barbecue's saying, right? Where I, I'd like to be able to learn from it. I think there's two things. First of all, I love the like the sort of like amazing locations, like incredible cinematography, um, Ugly Delicious is so good for that. Like you just get to go all around the world in like one episode. But I do like to be able to like, take something away from it. Um, and I think that's why I kind of like shows that do have like a bit of a, a technique aspect to them or an educational aspect to them. Um, one of my favorite Netflix food shows is Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, because it's really based on the idea of like, let's rethink how we're using the things we're using, because a lot of people might salt a bit of meat but they don't really know what it's doing and if you don't know what it's doing you might not be able to do it as effectively so i really like stuff where i can first of all have an amazing time and feel like i've traveled because at the moment you know we can't even like really go out that much during lockdown so going anywhere is amazing but secondly having something where i go oh like next time i'm cooking i'm gonna try that or i'm gonna like try and implement that slightly if there's a show that can do both of those then i'm a very very happy man i've spent my entire life in pursuit of flavor i've traveled the world to explore the things that define good cooking let me get some forks no matter where i go the same elements make food delicious you're laughing and crying. That's pretty much the story of my life. Chris, you kind of touched on the escapism that we can we can get from from food TV. How important are those locations to you when you watch James? Are you are you feeling like you need to get a sense of location? You feeling like you need that as an aesthetic when you're enjoying food TV? In a way, like or are you happy for it to just be in a kitchen? I'm kind of happy for it to be in the kitchen. Maybe I want, I want it to look nice, but like. I mean, salt, fat, acid, heat is a perfect example where it seems to be celebrating much more beyond food. It's, it's celebrating cultures and stuff like that and the way that people interact and uh, bond through food as well. So, like, it's great that she goes to so many different countries because you want to see how that's a universal thing. Um, 
But then there's shows like uh, The Chef Show where you're just immediately in the kitchen and you don't really leave the kitchen for the whole thing. And I'm completely happy with that as well because I like how they just all get on together. That show is hilarious how there's just like, there's just no context at all. Uh, But I like the fact that with that show, you don't get someone going, we're here in this place. And this is why this place is important. This is why the uh, city is important. This is what blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't need that on every single show. Sometimes I do just want to p- watch people interact and uh, connect through food. And that shows like just mainlines it immediately. That's straight to that stuff. This is the after club meal. This isn't a New York thing. Or if it is, it wasn't. Oh, this is an LA. This is an LA dog through and through. I'll go ahead and start layering the bacon down. What kind of dogs do you use? Hebrew National. Look at that. There we go. Look at that. Look at you. Now let's toast these. Then we're going to go ketchup, mustard, mayo. Oh, wow. So good, right? Mm. Well, I think you've, you've, you've taken us straight towards TV food show recommendations. I feel like we're heading there naturally. So it would be great to get your thoughts on must-watch food TV um, on Netflix. Is there something that you've seen that you felt kind of broke the mould of, of food TV or something that you just found particularly memorable? DJ Barbecue. The best thing I've seen is the Taco Chronicles. Uh, it's my kind of cooking. You know, slow and low, methodical, lots of history. But, you know, going through all of Mexico, trying to find the best tacos. And then, and then when they gave the taco the voice, they actually, the taco had a voice. Like, he even did his own script. I was like, is this cheesy? But no, nah, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, I, I, I forgave it because the, the footage was so beautiful and like, you know, how they harvest the agave plants to wrap the, the, you know, the butchered lamb and then burying it into the earth with lots of coals on it. I mean, it, it makes me hungry. It, it teaches me stuff and it is beautiful. And to me, that is one of the best things I've ever seen that. And of course, chef's table, when they went street, I cried twice. But then when Cheryl Cole cried on X Factor, I would just lose it as well, man. I'm a softy. <laughs> el taco se te derrumba. Debes de sentir esa experiencia al morder el taco, sentir como cruje la tortilla. Las muerdes y sale el aceitito de la carne. Es una experiencia increíble. Esto es México. Un buen taco. Do you prefer the street food style when it comes to, to food TV? as opposed to the high end. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of sous vide and foam. I mean, I appreciate it, but I, that to me, that's Wanksville. And I'm not dissing my, my, my Michelin bros, because, um, well, maybe it is because I can't do it, you know? Um, I'd rather cook a bit. I, I want fire. I want the dynamics of having to handle heat. So that's why I like watching the street stuff, because, of course, it's live fire. Even if it's gas, they're still on a street corner, you know, with, like, this kind of crazy system to to make to bring heat to the food um same with taco chronicles james are you a, are you a fan of the the foam and the jus not uh no <laughs> not really i mean i i, I i'm curious about it and I'll, I'll try a bit of foam if it's knocking around and i'm not, I'm not gonna say no and turn it down but definitely street food is more like it's just direct to the heart and like just makes you feel stuff. Whereas the foam stuff, you're, you're kind of eating it. And there was an episode of a show years ago, Penn and Teller did a show called Bullshit, but they were basically, it wasn't even called that. Whatever they were doing, they were like seeing how stupid people were. And there was one where they had a fake restaurant 
and they were making out as a Michelin starred fancy restaurant and people were coming into it and they were serving them really cheap stuff like cheese whiz and things like that <laughs> and telling them it was this fancy stuff and everyone said it was amazing and that oh yes you can really taste how it could and it wasn't just the cheapest shit ever <laughs> and I always feel whenever I'm eating foam or whatever that the waiter's looking at me going you dumb bastard that is you think that's good it's not good <laughs> uh, it's very liquid you idiot yeah exactly like he's literally just going like put that on a plate see if he eats it and says it's amazing and Chris what about you when you're when you're watching food TV is it important that it's, it, it makes you hungry as DJ Barbecue said yeah absolutely like this is why I don't really watch like stuff like like Bake Off where half the contestants make it inedible like I just that just does nothing for me where I, they've like dropped something <laughs> or they've fucked it up or they've measured it wrong I, I need to kind of feel really excited it's just really important that you watch something that's just really like evocative and like makes you just think oh that looks incredible I've never heard of that going with that or so yeah it's really important for me that's the kind of stuff I need to watch not not like burnt bread or a fingerprint in a, a victorious sponge that's just not working for me at all you know <laughs> Or Mary Berry. So, Bake Off, obviously not a recommendation for you. What would be the thing, the food show that you say people must watch? So, I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but salt, fat, acid, heat, 100%. Like, several reasons, okay? There's only four episodes, so it's like, you can watch it all in an afternoon. I have done that in an afternoon recently. Um, I love it because uh, Samin Nosrat, the host, she's like so excited about trying new things and her her face is so full of expression like she's constantly like overwhelmed by everything that's happening which is kind of what James was talking about like trying all these new things and just being constantly like overwhelmed by it um I love that it it also just make me feel I cook a lot at home um especially now that I'm stuck here basically I think it really challenges like what kind of things I want to eat and and how I prepare food and and I just think that's so amazing for a show to do that because there's not recipes on this show it's not like take a teaspoon of this take a pinch of that it's, it's really trying to like get into your head and think about cooking in a different way so i would completely recommend that even if you don't cook it's beautiful to look at um and i would also um recommend ugly delicious uh several reasons it's kind of flashy it's kind of flashy right like you know aziz ansari will pop up or they'll just be like interesting people like jumping in and and talking about food it really makes you realize that like food is such a universal thing everybody has it in common we love talking about it we love sharing it or i do anyway some people don't but like i like ugly delicious because it's a conversations about food culture without really focusing on the food so it's like you get to just feel really informed it's like reading a newspaper it's like the food equivalent of you know finding out what's going on in the world and i just find like there's so many places they go in that that are high-end that are ridiculous but they're not saying like you should go and spend 200 pounds on this tiny plate of tuna they go if you're never going to go here this is what it looks like and this is what it's like the process behind it and i think that's a really cool way to engage in that really like ridiculously expensive food culture without having to like spend any money so it's for cheapskates basically people will find the things that are going to be delicious deliciousness as a whole is like a meme it's going to find a way to survive oh lamb's testicles my favorite very squishy james what about you what's the the food show you would recommend i've watched a lot of food shows on netflix 
I still think this isn't even a recommendation because everyone's seen it and everyone knows about it. Definitely anyone listening to this will know about it. But the, the and sort of been mentioned, but the first season of Chef's Table might be one of my favorite seasons of anything ever. Yeah, like I I, I love it. Like it, it's it's like it is one of the only food shows that's made me cry repeatedly, quite a lot actually. And I love especially that first that first season. There's such such a variety of chefs on it. There's some who you think are absolute dickheads at the top of their episodes, and then by the end you actually quite like them, or you don't like them, but you see why their food's amazing, and and that's good as well. And like. <laughs> that's one of the best experiences I've ever had with a food show is that first season it just being that perfect um, outside of that and this is a, these are recommendations now but not for like not the same because like I'd echo what Chris said about salt fat I said heat I think it's an amazing show and it, ha- it is one of the only food shows that changed how I cook or made me think about how I'm cooking more and I, d- and I didn't deliberately watch it for that either but I can't put salt on anything without thinking about that show now and, and, and you're going okay because I the first time she put salt on anything in the first episode she put salt on something I was like whoa that's too much salt what the hell are you doing and and so now I always try and salt it so much that I think that, which I don't think you should do for everything. But that's, that's why these crumpets are salty. But, um, the shows that are kind of guilty pleasures for me are, and this is one where, like, well, okay, I don't want to recommend something because it is a bad show, especially because it's the Netflix show. We're not, um, we shouldn't be saying things because it's not bad. I really love watching it, but <laughs> it is in the same league as Bake Off and stuff like that. So Zumbo's Just Desserts is hilarious. <laughs> if no one's seen Zumbo's Just Desserts, it's an Australian show. Zumbo is a dessert chef over there who, I'm going to say this, has zero charisma. <laughs> and and is, not, is not a natural host or presenter. Or anything. He's just someone who super gets desserts and is obsessed on how to make desserts, makes these really mad ones. They've, they've all got about a billion layers to them. No matter what the dessert is, it looks like something from the outside, a typewriter or like someone's face. And then you slice it and it's a million layers of a million different desserts in them. And then he tries to get just like amateur pastry enthusiasts to replicate it. It's impossible. There's no way they can do it. And they're all trying to big themselves up as well because it's Australia. So they're trying to be as positive as they can while absolutely having a nervous breakdown, which is way better than when English shows, we just like, as soon as the contestants are doing badly, we just absolutely phone it in and go, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to do this. This is a po- waste of time. But they're still trying to be like, no, I'm really positive. I can do this. Where it's so obvious they can't. <laughs> it's really fun to watch them just completely mess it up. But then every now and again, you've got someone who nails it and is really good. I'm going to face the Zumbo test. Recreating one of Zumbo's desserts is terrifying. This is next level. Oh, darling. Were you awake when you tasted it? Uh, I didn't like it. I loved it. Far out. So, Chris, it sounds like your nightmare show. Yeah. I mean, given that endorsement, though, I would kind of want to watch it. I think it would make me feel a lot less stressed about life during COVID-19. I think it would almost be like a relief watching these, like, stress heads fail to make a 20-layer sponge. Um, So maybe when the blood pressure gets a bit high, I might actually fire it up and just, you know, come back down to earth with it. Now, guys, you've given us some great food recommendations, and I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that you are constantly being shoehorned into culinary conversations. You have got lives beyond the kitchen. I'd love to know what else you are watching on Netflix. What else beyond food 
you have loved watching and and would would recommend that someone else watches DJ Barbecue. I mean, Ozarks was my fave, and of course, Rick and Morty. Um, and then, because Rick and Morty is a total knockoff of uh, Buckaroo Banzai in the Eighth Dimension, is John Lithgow's best Batman uh, bad guy role, nineteen eighty four. You guys are all looking at me weird. Uh, it was suddenly you've lost me. Pre, you've heard of Back to the Future? Yeah, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. All right. Okay, Back to the Future. There was a weirder one called Buckaroo Banzai in the Eighth Dimension, and those two were the which was what spawned uh, Rick and Morty and Pickle Rick. Uh, so you know, I'll watch Rick and Morty's whenever I want to have a good laugh. But uh, Ozarks is my favorite. So you're moving money in the new casino, and you're asking me not to tell your wife. In a nutshell. I'm not your fucking marriage counselor. Few people get my client's attention the way you have. Wendy Bird. I wasn't sure if I should call you. If you can't get what you want with reason, you have to get it with force. Chris? Wow. What, is, what have you loved watching? So the thing I've got really into is... Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but the the new it's like a choose your own adventure one that came out a couple of weeks ago, and obviously like these choose your own adventure shows like Black Mirror did one like I think last Christmas, and I found that one really stressful because the guy kept dying, <laughs> and I kept trying to I kept trying to like have him have a nice time, and it just wasn't working. Spoiler alert! And it, it, I think they dropped it like on Christmas. They kept dropping it. They dropped it on Christmas Eve and or something like that. And it was really hard. You know, I was trying to get in the festive spirit and it was so bleak. Don't so I'm die! Happy to- <laughs> Don't die, die! Honestly, I gave up. I just gave up and put something else on. But Kimmy Schmidt has got um, an interactive choose your own. And I'm happy to report that, like, I've gone through it about three times. No one's died. <laughs> so I think for people that find Black Mirror a bit intense in these trying times, I would 100% recommend it. Um... The show's great anyway. I'd kind of fallen off the wagon with it a little bit and sort of got back into it with the, the sort of feature length one. Okay. That's my recommendation. Because I, I tried that the other day and I was like, okay, this is pretty quirky. Okay, I got to start choosing shit. Are they going to die or not? Uh, but, you know, I, and, and I, I couldn't persevere. Same with that white lines thing from Ibiza. I, I gave that 10 minutes. I was like, it sucks. Um, so you say persevere with that, that sh- yeah. Kimmy Schmidt I mean, thing. It, you got to be in the right frame of mind for it. Never it's not the, the right thing about these interactive ones is you can't you can't just watch Netflix on your phone because it will be like, oi, pay attention. So I, I quite like that. It's actually good for my concentration at the moment. Okay, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Cool, thanks. On the good ship, lollipop, you can eat your lollipops. I can't believe I came out of my room for this. This is what this is why we provide this service. Look, Sharon. DJ Barbecue's <laughs> oh, evening sorted. Uh, James, hey, DJ Barbecue's not doing that. Look, <laughs> I, 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 I've only just met DJ Barbecue during this thing, but I, 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 I look, you're a lovely man, and I, I've really enjoyed talking to you. But there's no way you've got the attention for that. There's no way you're spent. There's no way you're doing a choose your own adventure, DJ Barbecue. You're getting out there and you're having your own adventures. You're not sitting down seeing where Kimmy Schmidt goes. <laughs> What I want to see is a DJ barbecue choose your own adventure. I would, I would do that. I, would, I, yeah. I want you to be the main character, and I can decide if we're going to get in the Wagyu burgers or if we're getting the crab and just running around doing. You'd be skateboarding and snowboarding everywhere. 
That's what I want to do. I don't. I don't want you Let's to do it right doing. now. Yeah, right now, man. I can bring. I can bring whole... everything with me. I got to bring the laptop, but uh, it's gonna be a bit difficult. You the know? whole episode. The whole episode can just be what does DJ Barbecue Barbecue <laughs> yes. next? And then it goes. Do you want to baste the crab legs, or do you want to prepare the potato salad? And you're like, Ooh, you're giving him an idea. Look, look at look. Light bulb. That would be so good. Yeah. Choose your own adventure, but okay. with a chef. So that you can, you feel like you're the one interacting and doing the cooking, while the actual yeah. professional chef does it, so it can't go wrong. And like Pitbull's come along and he wants to help uh, out. Yeah. And he's, he's doing it wrong. What do you tell him? Like, <laughs> you have to okay. confront Pitbull tonight, James. I feel like you've you come up with a new format. <laughs> yeah, that's my recommendation for what to watch on Netflix. Choose your own. Thanks. Choose your own barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> James, have you have you managed to wade through the comedy specials on Netflix? I am watching the comedy specials on Netflix. Absolutely not. I well, I, I watched them until I got my own, and then I don't want to see any because I don't want them to be better than mine. So uh, <laughs> I just completely leave them alone. Also, you, you think too much. I, I just I can't watch a comedy special really without thinking too much about the decisions they've made and the choices they've made during it and stuff. Whereas I can watch other things and switch off and relax. But my main uh, recommendation for stuff to watch on Netflix is it's only it's a one-off um, documentary. Um, I don't think it's even that long, but it's called Asperger's or Us. And it's a comedy troupe in America who uh, is four guys and they're all uh, young men with Asperger's. And they do like a live kind of sketch troupe. And it's them doing their last show ever before they go off to university and uh, move forward with their lives, which obviously for a lot of people who are on the autistic spectrum, making that transition is like quite a scary thing. And it's a, it's a such a sweet but funny documentary where it's quite it's just great to see for one as a comic i like watching i do like watching documentaries about people in comedy uh working their way up at the bottom of it and just getting started is really fun because everyone's got different stories but also uh, i used to work in a school with autistic children and have a lot of interest in especially the transitioning stage of going from high school to uh, college and stuff like that so it's got everything that i would want from a documentary essentially and they're a really funny sketch group as well they write really great sketches we want to sell out earth this is definitely the most challenging show we've had we want aliens to come to the show and be turned away because it's full there's parts that are screwed up there's parts the audience doesn't get but we're realistic so if the aliens get in that's okay too it's gonna be a disaster it's going to be hard thinking this way i was born this way What's it, what's it called? It's called Asperger's or Us. Asperger's, Asperger's or us. us. Yeah, that's the name okay. of their sketch group. Uh, the name of the Thank you. Another program which pretending he's going to watch later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretending? It's because it's, it's got the word burgers in it. He's, he's right on it. <laughs> yes, please. I thought it was burgers. It's burgers. It's not burgers. Oh, Joe, what? Uh, uh, burgers, I think, is probably correct. But so many people say... So basically what happens is every time I say Asperger's, people correct me. I go, oh, oh. oh, people don't know what I mean and go, do you mean Asperger's? This is the one time ever in my life when I've deliberately said burgers because I thought, oh, people understand it more. And you've rightfully <laughs> gone, that's wrong. I'm like, yep, I know it's wrong. And I said it anyway. <laughs> Awful. I don't know. No, I think you're right. Hey, um, I, have, I have a quick question for you guys because I, I do get involved in a bit of like uh, keyboard worrying uh, on uh, on Facebook. You know, I don't like people being wronged. And any anytime anybody goes after Greta, I, I, I like to go after them. You know, she's my whenever I'm like, who 
in their right mind would get angry with a, a young girl with Asperger's who cares about the planet. So I like to make sure they yeah. understand that. I've got a good image of you in my head defending Greta Thunberg on Facebook while accepting your seventh delivery of beef of the day. <laughs> gonna, hey, hey, more listen. beef, more. <laughs> Dude, it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't the beef. Beef, okay, here we yeah. go. Meat, Uh-oh. 5% of the Earth's methane, uh, rice, 2.5%. It's factory farming where there comes to, to animals or vegetables is what's decimating the planet. Um, you can see the, the emissions all dropping now because of this one. The Earth's getting a breather during the pandemic, one of the positives. Um, and it's mainly emissions in factories and stuff. And it, it, ain't, it ain't the, the Earth's uh, beasts that are doing it. It's... Um, anyway, that's me getting on my high card. Sorry about that. I, I never imagined we would end up here. <laughs> But alas, here we are, no. uh, guys. I gotta say, I'm I'm impressed that the only beef that you're into is online beef. Hey, Chris, <laughs> I'm glad you squeezed that in, mate, because Very you would have been nice. kicking yourself all afternoon if you oh, didn't get that in. I know, guys. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your recommendations. I just got it. Dude, that dude is funny, man. That is funny. I'm a bit slow. I went to bed at 5 this morning. I was watching South Park from 3 to 5 a.m., so I apologize. I got I got teenage sons. They've all gone nocturnal, man. So we just go on South Park binges until the sun rises. That's what we do during a pandemic. Guys, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me on What to Watch on Netflix. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much now go and live what I assume are three very very different lives <laughs> <laughs> well we couldn't have a food special without speaking to my favourite snack hello Gina hello <laughs> that was great hello <laughs> how are you my darling I'm very well how are you I'm all the more better for speaking to you I'm just as always overwhelmed just just from seeing you from hearing you um I'm hoping you come armed with more things that are new to Netflix this week. Always. And this time I have three great things to recommend to you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Where are we starting? Okay, so first and foremost, we have The Politician Season 2. Have you ever watched The Politician? I haven't. Sell it to me. Okay, so it's another one of uh, Ryan Murphy's projects. So if you don't know who Ryan Murphy is... American Horror Story um, also did Hollywood. That was also on Netflix. You should also give that a try. And this is about a student named Paxton who is obsessed with becoming president of the United States. And in the first season, you saw him try and become president of like his college. And now he's going big time. He's brought the band back together. We're going for for main office, president of the United States. There we go. And all the things that happen with that. I mean, sounds like there's a bit of drama. There is a lot of drama. It's actually, I really enjoy it. A lot of drama, great outfits too, can I just say? I will take it for a spin. Gina, what else have you got? Okay, another thing we have dropping today is The Sinner, Jamie. So if you haven't watched the past two seasons of The Sinner, this one is we've got Detective Harry Ambrose. He's back. Also, by the way, if you're a scaredy cat like me, just I would say be careful. It's very it's got a lot of mystery, tension, etc. But he's back after just solving the case in season two with like the child and the cult and etc. The Sinner was so good, man. Very well. I, I can't. I'm scared. I'm a scaredy cat. How scary is it? One to ten. You think it's scary? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm scared of everything, literally. I think it's an unsettling watch, but I love that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you're gonna like this then. If if did you watch both the num- both both series? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 
season three is here. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, um, you know, if you watch season two with the child and the cult or whatever the hell, I don't know what, that is not for me. But if you watch that, watch this one. And this is supposed to be his most testing case yet. I love that. I love that the detective is the thread as well. Mm-hmm. After season one into season two, I was like, what, what's the connection here? And then he came back yes. into the series. So yes. it's, it's him. Yes, he is. is taking us through this. Yes, he is. I'm ready. I'm ready for more of the cinema. And I've got one last recommendation. Now, this is a little bit out of left field. This didn't drop today, Dottie. This didn't drop today. But I feel very passionate about getting other people onto this show. All right. So there's a show called Selling Sunset. Have you ever heard of it? I'm in. I'm in. I'm so. Do you know what? I came for the fancy houses and I stayed for the bitchiness. Honestly. It is, to me, it is phenomenal television. I feel like it is an underrated gem on Netflix. I'll be honest. It's Grand Designs meets Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's exactly right. That is exactly... And there's just, like, this one character who is, like, the perfect beautiful villain like oh god it is such a good show please watch it give it a try it's called Selling Sunset as always you have come good with the recommendations Gina I I can't thank you enough I wouldn't let you down until next week thanks Gina and thank you for listening next week is a real fan favourite time to get a warrant from a begrudging judge find a rookie partner and get investigating yes it's true crime time see you then what to Watch on Netflix is hosted by me, Dottie, and is written and produced by Jamie East. Editing and additional production comes from Cup and Nuzzle. What are you watching on Netflix? We'd love to know. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Netflix UK. Listener.